The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In this episode, we're going to talk about the six stages to coming out as identified in the CAS identity model, and then we're going to share how each of us has experienced that. I'm Sienna. And I'm Toast. We've been partners in life, love, and music since 2001, and we believe life is best lived as a love story, your love story. After all, to love well is to live well. For more, check out SiennaAndToast.com. But for now, here's this episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, we are recording this on Father's Day. And so whenever you're listening... Oh, that sounded pigeon, huh? <laughs> whenever you're listening... <laughs> We hope you had a good Father's Day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, so so we're, we're recording this on a Sunday. And yesterday, being Saturday, was kind of a rare day, I would say. We had planned to do a bunch of things, but it was just nice to not do them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Laziness is nice feeling sometimes. You know, sometimes it is. Yeah. And yesterday, I just reveled in a day of watching a new Netflix, well, new to me, it's not new on Netflix, a new series to me called Marcella Netflix. It has three seasons and it is a uh, kind of like a psychological thriller, murder, mystery, who's the serial killer kind of person, kind one of, of show. One of Sienna's favorite <laughs> genres. It is so good and it was so nice to just sit and relax watch it and be involved in that show get up walk around so i'm not just sitting there right so your ass get doesn't up. get numb <laughs> yeah. walk around open a window close a window get you some know, adjust the temperature yes get a beverage <laughs> that you know use the bathroom Man, upstairs really... so that i can exercise you know get the blood flowing get some steps in um well it is so good that is Living in the lap of luxury. That was it, my friend. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. kind of turning my brain off in some ways yeah. and just enjoying another person's story. Yeah. So that was great. And and so it sounds like you would recommend this to people well, who enjoy you the like, same psychological. Yeah. If you flaw. like serial killing <laughs> and trying to figure out who did it. And if you loved being dragged around and fooled, you know, mm -hmm. then you'll love this. Okay. So it does pretty good If you good love job, crazy then. people, if you love people who are like, they're such good, they, they're the fight, they fight for good, but they're also really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that so if is... you like that twistedness, then yes, watch it. That's the modern... Not what anti-hero is that? What they call them? Yeah. So that is that is a interesting shift in popular culture that yeah. we have witnessed. I I feel like you know. Yeah. So today 
is a more outwardly productive day. As we're recording this, mm-hmm. it's also Toast's haircutting day. I hope we can get to uh, that after this. Let's it, see. It'll be, it'll be um, my second it. quarantine haircut yep. um, by Sienna because YouTube is instructive about many YouTube things. YouTube is great. And Sienna's a great learner at it. She's, she did a fantastic job the first time. And this well, time... Well, it was a great video, I well, have to say. This time, we also have a haircut kit oh yes that we got the kit the uh what are what do you what is that like the cape a, like a cape yeah okay a cape for me i was gonna say a smock but that's not oh, i think what it's that a is. smock i don't know no the person Anyways. cutting your hair should wear a smock right right cape. anyway so well no it's not a cape. i'm looking forward to it because you're not what is flying it? off in the air there's got to be a name for it anyway what is that <laughs> <laughs> our vocabulary needs help <laughs> Uh, We're quarantined. We're just too much in our own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what I used to love to do? Like I keep I keep trying to transition into the into the main topic. (laughs) If anyone if anyone has had a cat who has gone to the vet and they've put they've put like those hard plastic cones on your cat's head Mm -hmm. or a dog. Well, it's me. I, I, I know it with cats. Okay. Okay. So that's why I'm saying cats. Okay. Um, and then the world came out with a fabric cone. Cone. Okay. Right? And normally it's blue with like little white trimming. Mm-hmm. It's so cute when they're wearing that. And then you have to fold it down so that they don't, we don't, whenever they eat, you fold it down. Yeah. You don't have it up around their head. You yeah. just kind of fold it down so that they can eat and the cone doesn't the yes. fabric cone doesn't go in their food, right? Right. But it looks like they're getting a haircut. Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought it um, so cute. It reminds me of like medieval. Oh, an outfit. Yeah. Or a you costume. know how like William Shakespeare has that like thing around his neck. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> So that's that music sounds like it could be from Marcella. Oh, you know, does it? Yeah, it has. I noticed as you were watching it, I it felt like it had a cool look to it. There's Color something tones. about something about the temperature and the aesthetic and just everything yeah. that the way it was. Look, we're still ta- it was not talking dreary. about the main. Topic. It's like a, it's like a dreary set, you know. Yeah, but not overly so. Not overly. Not not mildewy. Not you could, not in that kind of humid, moist kind of dreary. No, it's dreary in a in a cool, sterile kind of way. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that makes you feel something, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what word it is. It's kind of depressing. Yeah. Isolating. Dehumanizing. Anyways, let's move on to. No kidding. Six stages to coming out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, we wanted to just at least you know do a follow up to the, the the pride episode it's still pride month and so we thought let's tell our coming out stories but let's first uh do a little research about about coming out and see if we can present a quick kind of overview of what people have said about coming out and we found this this thing uh called the cas identity model and it's apparently one of the theories of identity develop identity development for people who are LGBTQ, and it's old. 
uh, it was developed in 1979, but it was one of the first to treat queer people as just simply living in a climate of homophobia instead of being treated as though, oh, you're queer, you have a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you, Vivienne Cass, for that. Yes. Um, obviously, the stigma of being queer has gone down a lot since 1979. Um, but that's st- still in the long view of history. That's still very recent. Mm-hmm. And we are still living in a society that has problems with LGBTQ people. Um, And therefore, people who are LGBTQ, I can say from experience and that, hey, I have a problem with me. Mm. So, so anyway, uh, here we go. We're going to just go through the six stages that are listed here. And before we do, though, really quick... We just want to also put out there that we realize that real actual life is not linear. So it's not like, oh, you go through these six stages and then you then you're out, done and then you come out the other end. And, you know, <laughs> and, and it's also not all one way. I, I don't think you just, you know, keep going from one to two to three to four. There's circular um, patterns. Um, but I still found it actually validating and helpful to read these stages myself Anytime I hear or read somebody articulate an experience that I, I can say, yes, thank you. Yes, that's right. Mm. I felt that. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, that's right. It's validating. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to, to share this. Yes. Yes. Um, and I will say from, from the start, that if you've listened to a few of our other 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 episodes on coming out, uh, my coming out story is a little. Um, I would say that it wasn't as maybe traumatic mm-hmm. as some people's are. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because my family, I actually have a lot of gay aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. and then the school I went to, there were a lot of uh, lesbians in in the school so there was a lot of valid built-in validation that i had that was extremely helpful that's such a beautiful Um, thing but i could identify absolutely with um some of these stages Mm -hmm. so should we start with stage one here we go yeah we'll just go back and forth and just briefly describe the stages okay stage one identity confusion this is the stage where you begin to wonder whether you might be gay you might experience some denial or confusion confusion or even amazement like oh my god am i gay (laughs) (laughs) all right that so stage two is identity comparison and in this stage is when you accept the possibility you accept the possibility that you may be gay and and you face feeling also Therefore, possible social isolation. Stage three is identity tolerance. So although confusion and distress decreases during this stage, you might feel feel increased isolation and alienation as your self-concept becomes increasingly different from society's expectations of you. 
And this is the time where you begin to make contact with members of the LGBTQ community. Okay, next stage, stage four. They call this one identity acceptance. And in this one, they say you've resolved most of the questions concerning your sexual identity, and you just continue developing more contacts with the queer community. Stage five is identity pride. This is when you begin to feel pride in being part of the LGBTQ community and you immerse yourself in the LGBTQ culture. And sometimes you might actually feel angry with or reject the heterosexual community. And the final stage, stage six, is labeled identity synthesis, is where you integrate your sexual identity with the rest of your self-image. And if you have felt anger toward the straight community or like intense pride about being in the queer community, those things kind of reduce in intensity and you just feel, hey, you can be your more of your whole self with anybody, whether they're straight or gay or whatever. And you just have more a feeling of congruence between your public self and your private self. Mm. So that is the yeah. overview. So to recap, stage one, confusion. Stage two, comparison. Stage three, tolerance. Stage four, acceptance. Stage five, pride. And stage six, synthesis. Okay. Those are good. So now that I we like have... those. Yeah. It's the first time I'd even heard of it. Uh, but I, I thought, think I had it in social work, but yeah, yeah cause her name is, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there's other models and theories and all that kind of stuff. But again, I, I thought the value is just simply in naming these emotions mm-hmm. and experiences. Mm-hmm. And then now we kind of wanted to just share again, very briefly with you, our own personal recollections of yeah coming out. Okay. So should I just go first? Yeah. Let's have you go first. All right. Um, For me, unlike a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, I knew I was gay when I was five, (laughs) you know, those stories. And I think you're one of those people, which you'll have your chance, but only in hindsight. Okay. Which I'll explain. Well, yeah, because when you're five, you don't know gay, I think. Maybe now five-year-olds do. That's right. Exactly. But anyways, um, I don't have any recollection of even thinking like that I might be gay oh. in, in very early, 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 okay. like elementary school okay. period. Um, I mean, there was a time where I was playing with one of my friends. We were, um, we might've been in third grade okay. or so. And I was at her house and she wanted me to be the man. <laughs> <laughs> and what, like the dad she the was the girl house or something no she was we were playing like i'm the husband she's the wife yeah like playing house well but then and then she was like kissing me you know <laughs> but i was just like okay whatever i you weren't you know it's not grade. sexual yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like you're doing whatever yeah but i never gave it another thought it was just that's what it was mm-hmm. um But the very first time I was like, hmm, was in seventh grade when I had a best friend that I was like, wow, I'm so close to her. 
Mm-hmm. And I, because I had never thought I was gay prior, I just allowed myself to get super close to her. Okay. And there was one point where she made a move. <laughs> I don't know. Is this too much? Is this too much detail? <laughs> no. Okay. It's real life. She kind of made a move. And then I was like, oh my God, I am not gay. Like that's when I thought to myself, I am not gay. Okay. So you're saying that instant, like that incident <laughs> yes. was when you even like thought treated the topic of what your sexuality even is mm-hmm. as an issue in the first place. Yeah. So you're saying up yeah. until then, it was kind of like... I never thought I was gay. You, so you just kind of assumed that I was straight. straight because the world I was straight. is straight. Yes. So, hey, I'm yes. like, okay, like I have hair because everybody else has hair. And yes. Okay. Uh, but I did start to... But when I started to think, oh, no, maybe I am gay, was when at the same around the same time I had started a new school and people were teasing me about one about this other girl. And they kept saying, oh, she likes you. She likes you, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, "Okay, whatever with that. That's Mm. whatever. Um, And then I felt like. Then there was a moment where I was like, oh, no, I think I like her. So even though the person that was my best friend who made the move Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, I am not gay. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't the right person to be gay with, I guess. Yeah. If you're not attracted to somebody, you're not attracted to somebody. And then, but the other person Mm -hmm. that I was being teased about, I was like, oh no, I might be gay. Because I am. I and think I, started, I am attracted to her. Yeah. And I okay. started to, so that was seventh grade also. Mm-hmm. So, and I started to feel that uh-oh feeling, mm. you know. Um, so this is like stage one and two together, kind of, right? Confu- stage one, confusion. You begin to wonder whether you may be in stage two, right? comparison. You, you accept the possibility you may be, but face like this social isolation, like the worries start. Yeah, kind of, you know, and I, and I think that, um, you know, if we move on to the, to the tolerance, stage three tolerance, okay, part, um, I did feel like, I did feel different because of it, like they mentioned in stage three, like Mm -hmm. with the tolerance, Mm -hmm. um, and because I was raised Catholic, I felt like, oh no, this is supposed to be wrong. Mm. And so I remember just telling God, you know, if this is so wrong, but it feels so natural and right, mm. then you just make it go away. Like, Yeah, you're like, hey, you I'm, make it go I'm away. willing to not feel this. Yeah, and I just, because to me it felt right. Mm. It felt very natural, it felt right. Mm. And so um, I didn't stay, hang out in like that confused, distressed stage too long. Um, I think again, partially because I did have family members that I knew as auntie and auntie and uncle and uncle. Um, at the time also, I knew of certain other gay people in my class 
So it didn't feel so isolating so much. Yeah, classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the expectations of me, you know, family expectations of me, mm-hmm. I didn't think anyone thought that I would be. Mm, okay. Gay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, I see. Were so, you, were you, um, worried that, uh, you, you would be disappointing them if you turned out gay? I kind of didn't care really. Like, um, that's great. I felt like, but I, I only, I think that I didn't care in that arena because I gave so much of my, um, like I was studious, you know, all those other things they expected of me, I was doing for them. You know what I mean? Mm, So I was like, I wasn't going to give them that everything. Ah, that's, that's how I felt anyways. Okay. Um, but with stage three, you know, where where you begin to make contact with other members of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, I had a lot of gay people in my class, but I feel like stage three for me was really when I went to college Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you go to college, you're like, there's a freedom. You're starting all over. You're like, it's a clean oh. slate. And it's such a big, you know, it's a big campus. Yeah. It's way more people. Right. You're just like free. There's, there's more this, anonymity. Yes. You can walk, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when I've really felt stage three and even stage four. identity tolerance and acceptance like really seeking out the gay the gay um and acceptance like clubs on campus and there were were very gay straight alliance and that sort of thing yes yeah and um you know really accepting that part of me Mm. um and i think if anything You know, I also felt like college was a time where I started to really have that sense of pride. Mm. It's like stage five pride mm-hmm. in who I am. And maybe the, the thing that is most, uh, that was the most difficult for me, though, in coming out was that people always thought I wasn't gay. People never really thought I was gay. Um, and maybe... It's because I look so feminine. That's definitely because why. Because at yes, the time. that's why. Let me clear that up for you. <laughs> because at the time, you know, it's not like today where, you know, the majority of gay people look feminine. Oh, is that, what's, is that what it is? I mean, if, majority? You look, if you look at social media, there's way more feminine. It's like, I almost feel like it's more. Interesting. You know? Okay, interesting. Um, but the time I was growing up, there was like no one. <laughs> There was like no one. Mm. And so people overlooked me. They always thought like if I was with my friends, they always thought I was the straight girl hanging out with the gay Mm. people. Mm. And so I so in a way within my own community, I didn't feel seen. Yeah. And that that felt really hurtful because it was like, okay, well, what do I have to do to prove this? Right. And then when. I then when they were saying, so you're really gay, like, you know, having little conversations with people I would just meet, they were like, so it's not just a phase. They thought then, oh, I'm just experimenting. Mm-hmm. Was there you ever know? a time where you felt like you were 
just experimenting, like in hindsight? Hmm. Where it was a question for you. It's like, hmm, I'm not sure. Am I gay? Am I not? And maybe I questioned, am I bi? Okay. Yes. But I yes. never questioned, Fair. oh, maybe I'm not gay. Gotcha. You know what wow. I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I know, and I, and I know we've had this conversation before, like, oh, you know, I think I'm bi, but you know, I don't because <laughs> I cannot what? handle, you know, like the guys, like guys, I just don't like, I love looking at them from afar. Well, I love looking at them and too. And look at this beautiful man. Exactly. Look yeah. at this beautiful can, physique. Exactly. I can appreciate like, a good looking guy. The whole sexual part of it. It just doesn't, like, I can't, like, right. I'm like, oh, get that away. Like, you know, in my head when I think about that. <laughs> yeah, you're gay. <laughs> okay. But, you mm. know, a beautiful man, I can appreciate. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the last stage, identity, identity synthesis. Um, I think I'm still doing that. Like, I, right? I think it's so still true. ongoing for exactly. me. Because, you know, it's different being gay, being born and raised in Hawaii, being gay and sort of, um, being in the culture there where when I was growing up there, it was a, you know, kind of a don't ask, don't tell kind of a culture. Okay. We're like the kumuhula is... You like know he's you know, gay. If they're mahu, you know, but you don't but say it. You're not gonna ever. Yeah, you don't say make a point. Of, you don't make a point of it. Yeah, and but you, you don't just show... name. You don't kind of like name and address the elephant in the room as an elephant. You right. just kind of like accept the elephant and mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. hey, let's all just be okay with it, and we're fine. Yes. And yeah, it's a passive kind of yeah, uh, getting along. So you're not totally in the closet. You know, mm-hmm. but you're not totally out either. Right. Even if people right. know, you're, even if you, even if all the people around you are gay mm-hmm. and you're there, you're still, there's still certain things with PDA that you just, mm-hmm. okay. And I think that's the culture or it was anyways. Yeah. yeah. And then coming out to the mainland, you know, you've already, to me, my experience, you've already developed those habits of kind of keeping yourself contained in a way mm. that it's just, it's just different. You mean different now? I think it's very different now and okay. it's going to be really interesting to see how things have changed. Yeah. You know? Oh, you mean different in Hawaii now? Different in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it's, it's the stuff we've talked about before about with, you know, people assuming we're sisters, people assuming, you know, just assuming things. Yeah. And the right. discomfort is something that I always feel. And the awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. Awkward, discomfort. It's not like it just rolls off me where it's like, whatever. Yeah. You know, where I have this neutral sense. Right. You know, there right. is it's this feeling neutral. like, oh gosh, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh gosh. You know, like when we first moved here, I'm like, oh my gosh, our neighbor's going to hate us. You mm-hmm. know, you think mm-hmm. about that because yeah. it's like, you're just different. You know, right. not only are we in a um, an area where there are a lot of uh, Caucasians, mm-hmm. um, but they're also heterosexual mm-hmm. people, which is like the world, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm comparing well, it to Hawaii. I know what you mean. You said yeah. it's like the world, but I yeah. know what you mean. You don't yeah. mean that in the actual 
factual Literal. sense. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But yes. So it's the world that was created by that culture. Yeah. yeah. And then you just I think you I think that whole thing with, you know, integrating your sexual identity with mm-hmm. the, the rest of yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's like I am looking forward to to the day where those aren't my first thoughts. Mm. You know, because, and I'm using that example because we've moved so many times. Yes. You're talking about when moving into a new community. Yes. Right? It's like, yeah. oh, that's the first thing I think right. is, oh, we're lesbians. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, well, we're Asian. I think the solution to that think? is to stop moving. <laughs> I'm serious <laughs> because I don't think that's going to, that issue is going to go away anytime soon. I know, but I would love for Wouldn't to not nice? feel like yeah. that, you know, Wouldn't that be nice. Like I'd rather have neighbors go, Oh yeah. Those, those new people next door, they don't eat meat. <laughs> I just found that out. They don't eat meat. <laughs> you know, I'd be pretty neutral about that. Mm. Like, yeah, sorry. We don't, I'd have no issue. Like, mm. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's so funny, all the things that we humans will fixate on. And know? that's not to make light of, you know, the coming out process for some people. Because I know it's it can be very intense yeah. Yeah. for many, 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 many people. Yes. And even I, okay, before we move on to my coming out experience, I just wanted to make one comment because, yes, your, your story is... Uh, Pretty idyllic by comparison, yeah. right? If you had, if you grew up with family members that you knew were gay and you had a lot of classmates who were in really same-sex relationships, um, but you did still, and even, okay, and even if you didn't care what your family thought about you being gay, mm-hmm. like how you said, you know, I kind of didn't care because, hey, I was getting good grades and, yeah, you know, um, just the fact that... Just the fact that you felt that way mm-hmm. shows how still being gay was not a a thing to yay and clap and you're awesome about. Right. right? Because it, I know how they spoke about the auntie and the auntie and the uncle and the uncle. You know, I was around those conversations. Well, what were, the, what, what were those conversations? I mean, this just kind of news to me. Just kind of like... um. Oh, yeah, you know, just, I mean, because it was, when they're around me mm-hmm. as a young, you know, yeah. much younger, yeah. they're not going to say gay. Okay. I don't think I ever heard that word. Okay. Um, they would just say, you know, your uncle, he's bringing his friend. And you could tell just by the way that they said it, the, that it, it wasn't it, approved of. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it was accepted. It was tolerated. Yes. Yes. But it wasn't something that you like brag about. Right. Right. Okay. And I had, yeah. and I, and they were nice. Like they would give the friend a Christmas gift. They would treat them, you know, politely. Oh, invite so and so. Invite your friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet at the same time, I remember people in my family always asking like a certain uncle, Oh, you don't have a girlfriend yet. Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. You don't have yes. a. You know. And I it's was just like, going to say, even the oh fact that even the fact that they insisted on using the word friend, even mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is, you know, it's. Uh, I want to say demeaning, but that's too strong of a word. Yeah. 
But just not, they know their name, you know? What I mean? Right. Or just say yeah. boyfriend, right? Or girlfriend. Oh, no. That, that was never. But see, that's used. what I mean. It's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Don't, In that in that kind of culture, it's like, well, you don't get that status. You can't get that status. Yeah. You stay in the friend zone. We're all just going to keep you in the friend zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anyway, I just needed to name that all right. elephant in the room. Okay. So I'll move on to yes. my story. Okay. So first of all, I also grew up without knowing that the word gay meant anything other than happy. I must have been at least in high school before I realized that. Um, that is crazy to me. Well, I I grew up going to Sunday school. You know, yeah. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. I memorized Bible verses. I played music in the worship team. I went on the spring break Bible camp. I was in the... Uh, I was in the champion team for our Bible competition. So that explains a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was happy there. I wasn't, you know, uh, rebelling. Yeah, gay. Anything. You were gay. <laughs> I was getting happy. Uh, but so, so for me, I think I started even before stage one. I had a stage zero, which was learning that there was even such a thing as non-heterosexual. It was, it was kind of like when I first started having uh, feelings of attraction Mm -hmm. to other girls, it was kind of like what I imagine it might feel like to discover that you have a nose growing out of your armpit. It's like, I am fucked up. There's something really wrong with me. Mm. Um, and I don't know what to do about it. Wow. You know what I mean? So how old were you then <sighs> to have probably a, in high school you know, to think? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't have that exact thought like, oh shit, it's like I have a nose story on my armpit, but that feeling is what I imagine it that would have been like. That is such a gross example. I'm sorry. But that's what I mean. It was yeah, repulsive. I know, but it, it was, was like, a sense of like, there's nobody just, on the planet ugh. who, who, right. I am really messed up. Okay. Um, so that was my stage zero, first of all. Uh, but that sounds then, like it's your stage one and two. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I'm, I guess I'm messing things up. Then, then, um, the first memory that I have of learning that there was something other than straight was learning about K.D. Lang. Mm. And it was a big pop pop culture thing because oh she's she's gay she's homosexual and i was like oh 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 there's a category for that cuz you didn't know what that that's was that's what i am yeah yeah so i guess that's still in stage 0 right learning there was even such a thing as non-hetero um so i felt like stage 2 1 and 2 kind of came together for me you know stage 1 is uh confusion right stage two is comparison so those things just hit me and I was just kind of amazed first of all that there's a category for people who are not uh straight and and immediately of course because of my upbringing in the church and all of that this sense of social isolation because um 
kind of similar to you in your family, where the word gay was not spoken about in overtly uh, condemning words. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't mentioned. Mm -hmm. But you could tell. Yeah. You could still tell that there's judgment against it. That's exactly how it was with my church culture. You know, nobody ever preached a sermon against gay people. They just didn't talk about them. Um, oh, but I, I have although, a feeling... Although, you know what? I take that back. I take that back. I do recall, and I don't I don't know the chronological order of this, but I do recall um, one of the assistant pastors being quoted or being described as he, he said he would not touch, like he would not touch a gay guy with a 10-foot pole. Hmm. You know, so that's the only recollection I have of anything being spoken directly about gay people. But I have a feeling that my family not like saying the word gay and Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. It was probably still more accepting than your church. Oh, like how you're saying it's the same, like where you just don't say it and you just don't acknowledge it. I don't think it was quite the same, though. No, I don't think it was. Oh, okay, okay, Yeah. I think I think in my church, um, I think in my church, if if I brought my friend mm-hmm. or if somebody else, you know, brought their friend, the church would just probably um, be in denial about the nature of this relationship. Yeah. You know, and really think like, oh, yeah, that's, that's their friend. How nice. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. it. Um, okay. So. But after, so after realizing, oh my gosh, there's a category for this. And um, then it just so happened that at that time I was actually um, working at a night job as a DJ in a bar. And um, some friends from early, early in my childhood spotted me. They recognized me and they came up and they said, hey, oh my gosh. It's been years, you know, and it had been like 10 years, probably. And so we kind of renewed our friendship. um, And it turns out one of them was gay. And she didn't come out and announce that she was gay. Um, But I think she was living with her girlfriend at the time. And I remember one time we were driving in the car and she asked me, she said, "Uh, so so are you gay? And that was the first time anybody had ever been so upfront with me about it. Hmm. Um, and I think my response to it was, I think I might be. And that was the most I could muster, even though mm. I think internally I was like, yeah, a hundred percent, you know, mm-hmm. but the, but the shock of being invited to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, was like, Oh my God, I can't, that's too much. <laughs> I just have to say, <laughs> I think I am. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, it was such a relief. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that was, I, I would say, I would put that in the category of stage three tolerance, mm-hmm. right? Where you're kind of beginning to make contact with members of the community. Um, and then I think I I moved into this, the nerd that I am, I moved into this phase of intense research and reflection um, just to resolve all the questions and, and the concerns and mm. issues that I had. Yeah. Because, you know, of my upbringing, it's like, is it a sin? What does God say? And is the Bible really true? And what's, what is the history on, on this? Like, how come I never heard about this? 
before. Like I had an education. I had a high school diploma. I was in college. Like, how come I don't know about this? Why don't we talk about this stuff in our society? And this is when I went through like my own uh, self-taught education about uh, how LGBTQ people could, could, could line up right in there along with the other civil rights fights, which I have to say, I also didn't learn much about in school that mm-hmm. I remember, you know, um, about the fight for abolition and for women's rights and for uh, laborer rights, workers' rights, uh, children's rights, and why we have laws against putting children to work now. Um, and I, I, I saw how the fight for LGBTQ rights was right in line with that. Yeah. And it was a wonderful revelation to me. Mm. And I guess it felt like discovering the earth isn't flat. Mm. It's like, wow, this is the world I live in. It's It's exciting. There's so much more than I thought. And I went through the same process with the whole Bible thing and Christianity thing and the history of the church and the history of teaching about homosexuality and how, you know, it's not always been the way it is now. All of this condemnation and judgment against um, LGBTQ people—it's not. That's not how it always was. Mm-hmm. Their ancient cultures just perceived sexuality in a completely different way, um, and how the Bible has been used against the fight for abolition, against the fight for women's rights, against the fight. You know, so it's yeah. like, and, and just where the Bible comes from, and who decided what makes up the Bible anyway in the first place. All this kind of stuff. History of the mm. church, blah, blah, blah. So that felt like my... That must have been so exciting for you. It was. Like, I was at the so library. Like, oh my gosh. I went to the library because um, you didn't have a lot of stuff on the internet at that time. Mm-hmm. You, you did have some stuff and I and I was very grateful for what I found. Um, I think the Metropolitan Community Church, MCC, I think is the name of a church that was uh, affirming right yeah, yeah they were i think the first really big organization that was affirming in the their spiritual realm but um yeah so that felt kind of like stage four and five together with identity acceptance and pride you know mm-hmm. um and i definitely experienced those feelings of indignation and anger about like why wasn't i taught any of this mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. you know it's like geez you guys don't know what you're talking about come on educate yourself you know that that yeah. kind of sense um but after settling down and kind of getting used to the idea that okay this is the world i live in um and not Everybody knows these things, and um, I'm actually very grateful that I was able to learn these things mm-hmm. um, and realize the depth and the richness of the ev- evolution of society and rights and and, and the idea of um, the idea of that. Calm down. And then I was able to enter more into stage six, the final synthesis stage of um, where I noticed my main interests uh, became things like growing vegetables and music instead of, you know, always being centered on this LGBTQ related stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and that's when I really learned about David Abram and eco-philosophy and psychology and eco-spirituality and all of that stuff. <sighs> but it, I feel like it's been such a long journey and it continues to be. I feel like I spent about two decades reformulating my sense of self and and kind of creating, synthesizing my own spiritual spirituality and my framework of how the universe works, what reality is and what religion is in relation to that. Because, you know, having grown up with such a huge church influence, mm-hmm. right, and being indoctrinated into, hey, this, this is the world uh, that you're in. This is how it works. These are the rules. This is the hierarchy. This is the framework. Okay, that worked great until it was completely shattered by the fact right. that I'm right. gay. Um, and where does gay fit into this thing? And unlike you, where you were, where you kind of had like a, you know, an easy transition of like, well, it feels right. God, if it's different, you know, just change it. Um, my, I felt my experience was way more intense and just, uh, well, yeah, traumatic and because just you, a wrestling match because your family lived, breathed, everything was church. Yeah. Bible studies everything at our house every church. Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it, it, first of all, it wasn't, um, it was Catholicism, mm-hmm. which is a lot less community like <laughs> in terms of how. I experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And even though my grandma went to church, like, you know, several times a week and sometimes daily, um, that wasn't, she didn't make us do it. She Mm. made us pray, but it was never, this is what you have to believe in. This Mm. is how you live, Mm. you know, and I've often wished for that kind of a an upbringing Mm. like give me the structure i want structure yes yes you know yeah i think all of us need that structure some kind of structure anyway did you feel like your catholicism though was what was going to save you from eternal hell and damnation catholicism yeah for me there wasn't eternal hell and damnation language to me like i never took that as Oh no, I'm going to go to hell. Like I I never had that fear. Okay. You know? Okay. The way it was like, okay, religion or Catholicism more specifically. Mm-hmm. Again, it wasn't every it wasn't like what we lived, breathed in every moment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um overtly living by those rules, but at a very early age, my grandma was there. She taught us how to pray, why we pray. So we had the belief in God. Okay. But it was never, um, this is how you have to believe. This is how you have to do it. Or else. Or else. But when I went to um, Catholic school, mm-hmm. more of that came in. But okay. I already had a foundation because I didn't go to um, the all-girls school until seventh grade. I already had my, you know, super, super early formative years, just knowing there was God, really believing in that, Mm. um, praying and being able to pray however I wanted and not, and having some fluidity around that. Okay. But then all the structure and strict stuff came in seventh grade Mm. 
and onward um, in high school. But by then I was like, I don't know, that doesn't feel right. I don't want to believe that, you know, by that point, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, you know. Okay. So, yeah, I was kind of, you know, I I followed rules, but at the same time, I also kind of just was like, this is stupid. I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I'm running away. Bye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, just like kind of not thinking this not and just gonna go to, yeah yeah because yeah, for me i guess the um the evangelical church that i grew up in well see there we go you know, right it like, was yeah well it was the whole the it's whole just the christianity in that form was, <coughs> was kind of presented as hey listen you gotta accept jesus christ as your lord and personal savior because he died for your sins and if you don't accept him then your sins force god to to send you to hell because god is just god and he cannot tolerate sin so see but you were fed that from when you were so little right oh yeah and just kept yeah no Mm -hmm. no and at the same time god is very loving and all of that (laughs) um because look he sacrificed his only son for you you know all, all of that stuff but there was that thing of like listen if you insist on um you know insist on your own depraved sexual orientation, which is perverted and all those bad things. If you insist on that, then God has no choice but to send you to hell. That was kind of the messaging. Yeah. Nobody actually stood in front of my face and told me that, but you get the message, you know? Um, So that made it pretty traumatic. Yeah. Um, And and that's why I guess I was like, well, okay, like, let me... Let me research more of the Bible myself, because you're telling me this, but really, let, let's learn more. So that's what, and then luckily I came out the other and I was like, you know what? <laughs> this Whatever. Is totally not <laughs> as advertised. <laughs> it's not. It's not as advertised. You should there's feel so proud so of many, yourself. There's so many ways to look at the Bible and now it, it completely transformed my, eventually, right? After I got through all of that research and it led me to look at other religions and other ways and history in other ways and science and biology and astronomy in other ways. It got me to a, a way of looking at and living life that is just so much more rewarding. That's great. And, and it feels congruent. It's that synthesis yeah. thing. It feels yeah. like I there's integrity. It's not like there's there's everyday life and then there's also religion mm-hmm. or you know or there's everyday life and then there's also politics it's like no it's all one thing yeah anyways okay went off a lot yep <laughs> but thank you for That's listening good, though. it's good stuff yeah we hope it's good stuff there are so many people in this world that are bound to their religion you know and because i think it like provides they... structure Yes, it provides the structure, but that currently they are still imprisoned by it. Right. Yeah. And that's why I I guess that's why I was so passionate, you know, in my own personal life for 20 years, trying to um, synthesize and evolve a structure for me Mm -hmm. that works for me, that that synthesizes everything. Okay. That's kind of what I was doing too, like in, you know, when I was like in high school where I got more of the 
the structured type of religion, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, I don't know. That part doesn't work for me. Okay. Yeah. This part works for me Mm. and just really keeping what does and what doesn't. And then that's around the time that I also found discovered, um, metaphysics. Mm -hmm. And to me, that so spoke to me, but in Catholicism, like that's not that's devil stuff. Right. It's, it's put into the category of <laughs> like, yeah, you shouldn't occult. be playing with things like yeah, ooh, crystal. crystals are witchcraft. Like you just, mm. but to me, it felt so natural and real. Like, mm. no, this, there's something with this. There's something to this. So, yep. Everyone okay. has a story. That's right. Every single one of us. Final words. I just want to acknowledge that as we said at the very beginning, Life is not so nice and neat as stage one, two, three, four, five, six. It's not linear where you just go through it and that's it. Um, I just wanted to acknowledge that I I feel like I still deal and live with, you know, family relations that have stresses on them, not just because of how they feel, but how I worry that it affects their own social lives. How, you know, like I'm their daughter or, you know, like how it affects things, um, And so the coming out process is like a lifelong process. I think these issues, uh, whether it's self-concept and all of that, like I'm prepared to keep dealing with them until Mm. I don't have to deal with anything. (laughs) Until you're dead. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. So that's it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, wow. This is like the longest one in a long time. Okay. So until next time, this is Sienna. And this is Toast, as always, inviting you to come and live your love story. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine? Speed up your progress on the spiritual path? then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.